I almost felt obligated to keep the trend going of starting the message with a news story, you know, whether depressing or otherwise, but I'm not going to do that this morning. You're joining us this morning in the third week of our annual Hope Lives series. And this year we've been digging into the challenges facing communities across Niagara. And we've been challenged to refuse to do nothing. You might have noticed at this point that I'm not Mike Krause, and I'm not Jeff Lockyer, and I'm not even Nate Dirks. My name is Brendan, and my job around here is to lead our social enterprise, the Southridge Jam Company. My job this morning is to take the question that Nate asked a couple of weeks ago, will you participate? And the question that Mike asked last week, why don't we get involved and make it personal? And provide you with some practical steps. So if you're fired up, you've recognized that you're in, in a position of privilege and you've been challenged not to wait, uh, but just to make it personal and see what God does, then this morning we're going to get into how to make that happen. I say we because I'm not alone here in the studio. I am joined this morning by three experts in the field of anchor causes. Uh, please welcome with me uh, Erica, Annalise, and Karen. Pause for applause. Oh, right. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, here's what we're going to do with our time this morning. We're going to hear about the ways that we can explore what's happening in our anchor causes and how we can engage. We'll talk about what it looks like to make it personal and how we can choose to invest in our anchor cause. Uh, and then we'll talk about how to take a next step or how to go deeper in the role that we're already serving in. Sound good? Well, I mean, we're in a studio, so we can't hear you, but uh, we'll assume that you're applauding wildly and just dive right in. Let's start with a quick review. Erica, there is so much going on in the world of the shelter these days, so tell us about your role and give us an update on the shelter world. Um, as Brennan said, my name is Erica and I'm the director of missional engagement in the shelter. It's just a super fancy way of saying that I'm the volunteer coordinator um, and I help to develop and implement some of the fun things that happen around the shelter. Um, I've only been in this position for three months and I've really grown to love everybody. Well, mostly everybody. Everybody minus Brendan. <laughs> um, um, in case you're not up to the most recent numbers, we've got 55 beds in the shelter uh, and we serve up to almost 60,000 meals a year. Um, we connect residents with next steps through our coaches and our housing first workers that help move our friends from homelessness to housed. Um, we run an amazing social enterprise that Brendan will talk about soon. Uh, we, in, we as staff and volunteers have the privilege of working with and coming alongside our friends in the shelter um, from when they live in the shelter and after. We do this through daily meals, weekly programs, and some really amazing events. Um, many of which have been developed because of people like you who have a passion um, they want to share with others and all of which are proving to help end the cycle of homelessness. Yes, Erica, I'm going to need to hear a little bit more about that social enterprise. It sounds amazing. Mm. <laughs> all right, Annalise, I've heard about some of the cool stuff that's happening uh, in our Welland location. Let us in on what you do and some of the impact you're seeing in Welland. Hi, my name is Annalise Goodhart and I am the Welland Anchor Cause Director. Our growing Southridge kitchen currently serves a warm meal to around 100 people from our Welland Harvest community every Friday night. That means 5,200 meals a year. We run the Collective Kitchen program twice a month where community members can come into the kitchen and make themselves 25 healthy meals for 25 bucks. 
It's a great way to help reduce some of the financial strain around mealtime and to socialize and get to know each other as friends. Another huge part of our community since we've moved to Welland has been our partnership with Rose City Kids. Every other Saturday, around 500 kids meet in the Rose City Kids building downtown Welland. During the week, home visits are being made and tutoring programs run. In the summer months, there are girls' nights, guys' nights, and of course, an annual trip to Camp Crossroads. All in all, relationships are being built, needs are being met, and a foundation is poured for a real, authentic life of faith. Amazing, amazing. 25 healthy meals for 25 bucks. That's awesome. So obviously this morning's message is not being brought to you by HelloFresh. Karen, Karen, you've been involved with the Caribbean Anchor Cause for a while now. And by the way, if I was just looking at these Anchor Causes on paper and choosing where to be involved, I'd absolutely be signing up for the Caribbean option as well. Uh, tell us about yourself and uh, what happens with this program in Vineland. Hi. As Brendan said, I'm involved with the Vineland Anchor Cause. I'm involved with visiting a farm regularly as well as helping our Caribbean friends get to medical appointments. Our Anchor Cause is an outreach to our Caribbean neighbours who leave their countries to come to Canada work. In Niagara, workers come from anywhere from four to ten months of the year. They have left their family behind and are working long hours and very hard to provide for their families. Their work here enables their children to go to school and get an education and to move on to post-secondary education, often for the very first time in their family's history. These men are here without family, friends, and community. They are lonely and on the outside of our community here. The program consists of farm visits, Caribbean-style church services, social outings, and even a fully functioning and confidential health clinic, which runs out of our Vineland building. Right now, we are connected with approximately 300 workers in 36 farmhouses and have upwards of 200 visits at the health clinic each season. Our outreach makes a difference. If you ask the guys, they will tell you that they are less lonely and isolated and feel that they belong. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think we can all identify with, uh, with the negative feeling of loneliness. It's so cool that folks are just really incorporated into the community that, that, that they live in. Uh, Karen, how are your cricket skills? Not so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so clearly there are some incredible things that are happening right across the Niagara region through the hundreds of people who have, even in the midst of so much suffering, refused to do nothing. So, panel, anytime we start talking about anchor causes, there's always the risk that people start feeling a couple of ways, maybe guilty or perhaps afraid. So maybe we're guilty, you know, if we don't serve or we don't serve as often as we think we should. Or maybe we've not been in situations like those experienced by our Caribbean friends or shelter residents or the folks from our Welland community. If it's not already personal for us, um, we can begin to feel a little bit afraid of what to expect. So, Annalise, for anyone who's like groaning internally right now or is like considering nonchalantly making a break for the door. Um, help us understand what it's like to be involved in your anchor cause. Say I'm interested in getting involved for the very first time uh, at one of the three things that's going on in Welland. What do I do? Well, it's actually very simple. Um, come find me after the service. Uh, you can talk to any of your location pastors. Um, send me an email. We can chat and find out what your interests are, where your skills are. Um, maybe you have some new ideas that we can incorporate into our anchor cost programs. Um, the Welcome Center, 
great place to just tell them what you're after, what you're looking for, and um, they will connect you to any of us. Yeah, that's actually true for, for all of the anchor causes, right? Like the easy first step is just to go to the Welcome Center and let them know you're interested in being involved or track one of our panelists down in the lobby and, uh, and they'll plug you in with the next mm -hmm. step. Which all seems pretty simple, maybe a little too simple. Hmm. So it's got to get a whole lot more challenging from there, right, Erica? Like, I'm sure that all the shifts at the shelter are like eight or 10 hours long and there's weeks and weeks of training involved. True? Well, they're actually 12 hours long, no. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. Um, they're, about, they're around two to four hours per week uh, with a few exceptions. And after you've found a role that really fits for you and what you're passionate about, um, we will get you plugged into a schedule that works for you and we'll get some on-site training as well. Um, we've got some super volunteers that will help um, guide you along as well and give you the proper training for what you're doing. Um, and in most roles in the shelter when you're volunteering, uh, you'll be alongside another group of volunteers. There'll be either two people at the front desk, so somebody else will be with you, you'll be in the kitchen with a crew of people, um, and there's also two staff floating around, so there's no fear um, at, at, at that point either. This also gives you a chance to get to know other people that want to be involved in the shelter. And it's a beautiful opportunity to get to know our friends in the shelter as well, whether they're, um, they just come back for a visit or they're, they're staying in our shelter. It's just a beautiful opportunity to get to know people. It's similar with the Caribbean program. We have all different roles depending on what interests you. Everything from weekly farm visits to cricket to outings and events. We've all make a range from one to two hours a week to a couple hours per month. To speak to myself or someone you know who's involved with the program and we'll connect you with Nate Dirks and he'll arrange for you to come out to an event to observe, meet some people that you might be working with or to just join in the fun. So are you all saying that it's actually not that hard to plug in? Not hard. Interesting. No. Okay. Well, it kind of seems like there are roles for all different people with all yes. different interests and schedules. Uh, <laughs> so that does sound pretty easy, I guess. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I think there's this perception with the jam company that the only way to plug in is with our weekly production shifts. And uh, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you that I'm very busy. But if you ask any of our uh, production volunteers, they'll say that I rarely step foot in the kitchen. And that's just because there's 100,000 other things that are going on with the jam company that are not kitchen related. Tons of different ways that people can plug in uh, and use their gifts. You know, everything from marketing and social media to sales and uh, customer service, transportation and delivery, tons of different things that you can do uh, to contribute contribute uh, to uh, the jam company or to one of your other uh, one of the other anchor causes so regardless of your availability uh, or your interests one of our anchor causes has a way for you to use those gifts to help uh, but also to get connected with some really amazing people by the way uh, you aren't limited to getting involved just with the anchor cause at the location that you attend on a sunday if any one of these things piques your interest follow that interest and plug in there Okay, so we've done a little bit of myth busting so far. Uh, so hopefully people are feeling a little bit more at ease about this conversation. So let's talk about benefits. If you're asking me to take two to four hours out of my week, what's in it for me? A lot of people, myself included, um, have thought about volunteering to give back and I'll be able to have an impact on someone. Um, when in reality, that's not true. Honestly, time and time again, we've seen the impact is totally a two-way street. The number of things that I've learned from my friends in the shelter is incredible. 
Relationships based on vulnerability on both sides allow for a closer, closer relationship and a better understanding of others. Um, our friends can be incredibly vulnerable when sharing who they are, and reciprocating that vulnerability creates this beautiful understanding of one another. In Welland, we're seeing this life change happen in a few different ways. We're seeing some of our volunteers develop friendships with our community folks. Think Ken and Duane, for example. These guys got to know each other through Harvest Kitchen. And now Ken and Duane have attended the Collective Kitchen a, a few times, among other things. One of the ladies that attends Harvest Kitchen and helps out at the Collective Kitchen, a wonderful older lady that I love, gave me her recipes because she had no one to leave them to. Something I never expected, but moved me deeply. And when life groups serve together, they're not only forming new friendships with the folks who attend the programs, but also deepening the relationships amongst themselves. With our Caribbean friends, you might just start out serving, but it doesn't stay there. It's amazing how quickly you become friends. You learn about their families and they learn about yours. Before long, it's just you spending time with a friend, sharing a meal. Some of my friends encourage me and pray for me. They share the things that are hard for them or for their families back home that I can pray for as well. And ultimately, we end up being a community, providing spiritual, emotional, and physical support for each other. Yeah, totally a two-way street thing, hey? Yeah, the theme of, of uh, reciprocating keeps, keeps coming up here. Yeah, it's, it's unique. Uh, it's kind of a unique way that uh, even though our lives are different and we're, you know, different life experiences um, that we each have something to gain from, uh, from being together in these relationships. It's kind of like Nate said a couple of weeks ago. Um, he said that we get the chance to help liberate each other from our cycles of poverty and the cycle of privilege, right? Amazingly, you know, as we live this out as a church, uh, we're seeing real change happening in our communities. And that's not possible without real people stepping in and helping us to model a different way to approach the challenges that we see around us. So I hope to this point, we've been connecting with a section of people listening this morning uh, who have maybe been unfamiliar with how the whole anchor cause thing works. Uh, but I know that's only one subsection of our audience this morning. We need to acknowledge that there are tons of people across all three locations who are already serving, and some of them have been serving for a really long time. So talk to these people, the people who are like part of the furniture. If I've been around for, you know, serving for any length of time, and uh, I'm in a rhythm of showing up weekly or monthly for my shift, maybe I'm feeling pretty good about the ways that I'm able to contribute. What's next for me? Is there uh, another dimension to my involvement? We can't grow if we spend all of our time in our comfort zone. How boring and mundane would life be if we never took a chance? Even just a small step outside of your comfort zone could turn into a friendship or a new opportunity. That's what you would do when you make a friend, no matter who they are. So take a chance, put yourself out there, be a bit vulnerable to let someone in. What do you have mm -hmm. to lose? Stepping outside your comfort zone means involving yourself in the messiness of life. It becomes more than just serving. You might want to become more involved and volunteer in more areas, or you just might be intentional and take time to really get to know one or two of our Caribbean friends. The guys become part of the fabric of your life as you do in theirs. Mm -hmm. Maybe the next step for you is to take on a little bit more responsibility or a leadership role. At the Southridge Kitchen, we have expanded our programs. We are getting to the point of really organizing ourselves well, and now we're asking our key volunteers to step forward and take on positions of responsibility. Overseeing in the kitchen, being the point person for the night, doing announcements, leading a games night, or even discipling other volunteers. 
At Rose City Kids, you could consider the mentorship program. You would have the opportunity to connect with a specific child and really speak into their lives. Yeah, I love what you said, Erica, about um, not growing if we don't step outside our comfort zone, right? You know, it's like a muscle. If we just keep lifting the same amount of weight all the time, eventually our muscles are going to stop growing. But if we challenge ourselves and push our limits, then we can become super buff, like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another way we've seen people grow or go deeper or take a next step is even just by providing feedback. You know, if we're invested in something, we want to see it succeed. So if you've been around for a while and you have some positive, positive ideas about how you'd like to see your anchor cause grow, then talk to your team leader or one of these fine people. You know, we're all in this together and we're only going to continue to grow uh, if we all contribute. So whether this conversation is brand new or you've heard it for a hundred times, we hope that you've been exposed to the ways that you can explore anchor causes, how your investment of time and relationship will pay dividends, and how going a little bit deeper uh, or taking a next step can be an amazing opportunity for growth. When we choose to put ourselves in relationship with people in crisis, when we choose to make it personal even before it seems or it feels personal, this is where God works. Part of the uh, Harvest Kitchen uh, program is for the volunteers is that there's lots of th different things that they can do. Right from coming early to do food prep, getting the meal ready, um, uh, I particularly do the uh, setup of the tables, um, tablecloths and all the cutlery and dishes, and uh, then there's the serving aspect, sitting and serving. All of those are really important, um, but the biggest thing is to have that time to sit down at a table and have that relationship and, and build into uh, uh, the conversation, the uh, family atmosphere that we are hoping to have here with all of these uh, guests. How do I call a doctor when I've never done that before? Um, what if I don't even have a phone? How am I going to do it? What if I walk in and I get, I look, get looked at for the clothes I'm wearing or how I behave? And eventually when you hit that many barriers, you either stumble or you give up. And that's when you need someone to help you along. I get the opportunity to walk alongside that person, but I get super frustrated knowing that there's lots of people out there who are not engaged in the, this type of supporter program or don't have someone to rely on. And where do they go then? So a couple years into our work with our Jamaican friends, um, a couple of people in the church realized that there was a definite need to have a health clinic that was accessible, you didn't require a health card, it was at times when our friends weren't working, and so I got involved in helping to coordinate and set up this health clinic in the basement of our Vineland location. That first year was a whirlwind for me. I remember that very first Sunday night. We had all of our doctors in place, we had nurses in place, we had renovated special rooms in the basement of the Vineland Church to act as clinic rooms, we had registration staff, and we had told all of our Caribbean friends to come if they needed to see a doctor. And we sat there and had no idea if anyone was gonna show up. And I remember as soon as we opened the doors, our friends started coming in and we were serving them 
And things weren't always running like clockwork as with any new venture. But we had 16 guys show up that very first night to get some healthcare that wouldn't have been there before. And I remember feeling just elated with the fact that I was able to get involved and use some of my project management skills to actually make a difference in my community. And being able to kind of match what I feel like would be my strengths with a way to give back into the community was a really rewarding experience. So what we've tried to do is to set up the, uh, the uh, room so that they come in and they feel like it's more than just uh, a duty that we're performing for them, but we're here to make them feel special, that they're all needed and wanted. And uh, even tonight as we sat around the table, they uh, said they, they can't believe that tablecloths and cutlery and china are out there because they get that nowhere else and they just were blown away. Two new people today said that they couldn't believe that we would do that, take the time to make them feel special. And they said tonight directly, this really makes them feel special. It's very important to hear some of this stuff sometimes because I don't think we realize how we can help. Actually, just helping someone make a phone call might be huge. You might actually start the ball rolling for someone to change their life and helping someone to call an ad on Kijiji to find housing. Every single Sunday that first year, I was overwhelmed by some of the comments from our Caribbean friends, the way that our nurses and our doctors and our registration people were serving together, being able to use their areas of expertise to reach out and serve people in our community. Let me reiterate this morning that this call to action is not about what we can or need to do to earn God's grace. As Nate said, uh, it's not about, uh, this is not a precursor to grace. It's a part of the outpouring of grace that we get to receive. There are tons of different ways that people are gifted and tons of different ways that people can get involved in anchor causes. So explore the rules that are available or contact one of our panelists here and tell them about the great idea that you have. Uh, wherever you end up serving in whatever role, expect a return on your investment. You are not going to be the same person after you've been involved for a while or pushed forward in your current role. And serving in an anchor cause is about more than just helping out or lending a hand. We expect that you are going to see a change in your life and we can't wait to support you as you grow, but this isn't going to happen on its own. You have got to push deeper in the rules and relationships and even just dip a toe outside your comfort zone. Now, I'm going to assume that you have all been blown away this morning, uh, inspired to engage, to re-engage, uh, or to push deeper in your anchor cause. So, on behalf of our panel, you're welcome. Joking aside, uh, now that you're all fired up for the ways that, uh, that you want to make it personal and see your life change and see the people and communities around you grow, you have got to come to our action-themed Next Step Lunch, which is immediately following the service at all three locations, even if you just come for the free food. Uh, you're going to get a chance to get a closer look at the anchor cause at your location and maybe have a chance to take that next step. But hear this, don't miss out. There is a ton at stake here, and not just for you, but for the people you'll be serving alongside and for the community around you. Remember, the decision to do nothing is just that. It's a decision. Don't choose indifference. If you are waiting for a nudge to take that next step, this is it. <laughs>